Okay, I'll hit the theme song button and we'll get started. Hello, everybody. Welcome to bonus episode 39 of an American Workplace podcast. Who would have thought, what, four or five months later, we're sitting recording again? Oh, <laughs> uh, we, we love you guys and we miss you guys and we miss talking about the office all the time. And so uh, these were some planned bonus episodes, this one and the next couple that uh, we've had in the, the cards for a while, but we just hadn't sat down to do them. So Katie, how are you doing? Oh, I'm so good. Um, yeah, since since we stopped putting out regular weekly episodes, uh, it's it's been a challenge to sort of find a time to sit down and, and do this. Um, there was a definite deadline for, well, not a deadline, but a planned finish for the podcast. And so these bonus episodes are kind of rolling out when we can do them, but it's been great to sit down and, and rewatch the show a little bit more. I mean, not not as if we haven't been watching the show <laughs> ourselves anyway, but uh, from a more, I don't know, intentional point of view, uh, it's been nice to get back into it. So It has been. And so these bonus episodes that we're recording, uh, we're recording all three right now, uh, are some planned character deep dives. We've done some in the past for Karen, I believe. We did one for mm -hmm. Ryan. I'm trying to remember if there are any others that we did character deep dives for. But uh, our focuses today are the couples, um, namely Jim and Pam first, and then Dwight and Angela. And then we'll be doing one for Michael because we had to do one for Michael. <laughs> yeah. Yep. So let's just go ahead and get started and sort of talk through the arc of each uh Jim and Pam sort of separately first, and then we'll go into talking about them as a couple. So Jim in season one, uh, what do you have to say about him there? Uh, you know, he's unmotivated, but super smart and super witty, and we know all that about him, and parts of him remain the same, of course. I mean, he's not a totally different guy by the end of the series, but he he's unmotivated. He's unhappy. And is sort of taking that out on his job. <laughs> um, he, he's, I don't know. I feel like season one, Jim could have gone one of two ways. Thankfully, he went way one and not way two. Um, had Pam not been in the office and in his life, I feel like he would have turned out to be a very different guy. What do you think? Yeah, he, he definitely starts off really bored in his job. And his only entertainment is pranking Dwight. And really the only reason he stays is because of Pam. He's, he's so very clearly crushing on her from the start of the show. Um, in episode one, he tells us her favorite yogurt flavor, which is mixed berry. Um, but because of Roy, he has to be mindful of their interactions. It, he's introduced to Katie in Hot Girl at the end of season one. And, you know, she sort of at least serves as a distraction for him from Pam until it's too overwhelming. And he does end up breaking things off with her in Booze Cruise. And to that end, I wanted to ask, do you think there was ever any actual desire for a relationship with Katie? Relationship? No. Uh, friendship. And he may have even been uh, interested in her romantically, but I don't think, um, I don't think that there was ever going to be a serious relationship there. She was fun. She was pretty. And that's about it. Yeah, I think he was definitely attracted to her and maybe hopeful that feelings would develop. Yeah. And yeah. I don't think he was trying to be malicious, even if things did end on a bad note when he just 
broke things off with her in casino or in uh, booze cruise. I, I think he was genuinely hoping that things would work out, but it, it's just a sense of she was initially a distraction, and unfortunately, she was never able to overcome what he was trying to distract himself from. Um, yeah. So his feelings for Pam were just too strong. I will say that I think Jim, uh, quote unquote, respects the position of the fiance. Uh, you know, of course, except for the whole kissing Pam thing. Uh, but like <laughs> generally, he he understands that Roy, I mean, when Roy walks in the door, Jim backs off. He runs away from Pam's desk, basically. Um, he doesn't like or respect Roy, but he he respects Pam's wishes, I think. Up until, of course, you know, casino night where he sort of pushes a boundary that maybe maybe shouldn't have been pushed. Um, ultimately for you know, for good. That's that's great. They ended up together and they should have been together. But I think Jim understands that. Pam is not his as much as he might want that to be the case and kind of loses himself in their friendship relationship. And um, it's sort of like when, when Roy enters the room, it's like, oh, right, 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 right. Okay. Friend. <laughs> uh, and maybe not even that because if, cause Roy's a jealous guy uh, and in Roy's mind, Jim and Pam can't be friends. So you know, and Roy was kind of right. <laughs> like, mm -hmm. the closer they got as friends, the more they fell in love with each other. So, I mean, Roy was, yeah, he's bad and uh, in a very base sense and very jealous, but he was jealous for a good reason, I guess. Yeah, in Casino Night, I think Jim and Pam both get a lot of flack for the cheating on Roy aspect and probably rightfully so in some respects. But I do think it's an oversimplification to say mm -hmm. they were cheating. Um, we might have talked about this back in the day, but Roy was basically emotionally abusive of Pam and clearly didn't have her best interest at heart. So yeah, Jim shouldn't have kissed an engaged woman and Pam shouldn't have kissed back, but relationships are filled with a lot of gray area, especially when the connections are as tenuous as what Pam and Roy had together. Uh, there wasn't a whole lot of affection there, even post booze cruise. Um, so. Yeah, th there there was some wrongdoing there, but I again I think it's it's not as black and white as cheating and not cheating in that certain situation. Um, and the the thing that ultimately hurts Jim is that Ham. We talked about this too. She says, "I can't, not I don't want to," which is worse. <laughs> if, if she had been interested in him and told him so, that would be one thing. But for for him to know that she reciprocates his feelings but won't cut off her unhealthy relationship with Roy hurts even worse. And so that's when he decides he can't stay and he leaves. And that leads us into season three when he goes off to Stanford. Yeah. And that's when we meet Karen and Karen, I think plays a very important role for Jim. He, I think does quite like her a fair bit. Uh, definitely a relationship. And I think he needed a relationship before Pam. I think he needed, I mean, they, they were good together. I know some people prefer Karen and Jim. You know, we're all wrong about some things, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding, kind of. Uh, but I think Jim needed someone to really care about him and to really care about someone. It wasn't the love of his life. Karen wasn't, but 
I think it was a good relationship and I think it taught him a lot about life and relationships and boundaries and stuff like that. So it was a good thing to happen when it happened and pre-Pam, I think. What's really interesting about Jim and Karen's relationship is that that they don't actually start dating until after the merger when they return to Scranton. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I wanted to ask, do you think that they would have started dating had Dunder Mifflin Scranton been absorbed into Stamford rather than the other way around? So in, in other words, another way of rephrasing this question, did he only start dating Karen as a coping mechanism for being back around Pam? You know, my instinct is to say yes. Because uh, if Pam ended up in Stanford, I think it probably would have happened as well. Mm-hmm. But if nothing had happened, if there was no absorption, that's not a word. Ab- ab- I don't know. Absorption's a word. <laughs> absorption. I feel like I'm saying it wrong. Um, if there was none of that, I think, I don't know, they might have gone out on a few dates, but I don't know that it would have been the relationship that it was. And as long as it was, um, because keep in mind at the end of their relationship, Jim was barely checked out. And Mm -hmm. I think had they even started a relationship, it wouldn't have lasted as long as it did. He would have gotten out sooner and just said, you know, sorry, this isn't this isn't for me. But I think because Pam was there, he kind of tried to make it work rather than just letting it be what it was. Um, Yeah. I don't know if that makes any sense. It does. You know, I I think if it had been the other way around and Scranton had been the one that dissolved, uh, well, I mean, for starters, Pam was receptionist and I don't have a lot of confidence that she would have moved to Stanford um, Mm -hmm. because I don't think they would have needed her. Um, And so I think, I mean, it's clear that at least Karen was developing feelings for Jim before they left Stanford. And so there, there would have been, I think, a relationship to form out of that. And they would have dated and then they wouldn't have had that distraction of Pam. That's the way I see things going. Now, clearly, we all agree, or not all, we agree <laughs> that uh, Jim and Karen aren't as good a match as Jim and Pam. But I think they would have been happier with each other had it just been the two of them. Mm. Um, but the problem is they do end up at Scranton and Karen ends up being jealous and controlling once she learns about Jim and Pam's past, which isn't even really real. And her teasing is mean spirited. And, you know, Jim does kind of take it in stride. Uh, he, uh, he obliges her long talks to discuss her feelings in order to salt or to save the relationship. But you say that he was checked out by the end of it. And it was because a lot of it was her insistence and her obsession here. It's, it's her downfall. It's kind of a little bit high maintenance. Um, so when they, they go for the interview and the job and she's poking fun and asks if he'd leave his life in Scranton behind if she got the job and then she ends up she, and then she ends up leaving the interview to hang with her friends after she's done her part and doesn't stay to support him. And then he goes into the, his interview and he finds a note from Pam simply encouraging him and wishing him genuine good luck on the sales reports that Karen asked Pam to print out, by the way. Um, and that's all of that happens and it becomes a no brainer that Pam is the one that he should be with because Pam is the one encouraging him despite his being post, uh, was it beach, beach party, beach games, beach games is mm-hmm. what I think it's called. Yeah. Um, it being post beach games and them having discussed what happened at beach games and Jim telling Pam, sorry, I'm with Karen now. Um, 
So even despite that happening, Pam is still super supportive of Jim as a friend. Now she's sort of accepted that. And it's in that those closing moments of that episode where she's having that talking head and saying, you, you know, we just, we never lined up with each other and that's okay. We're friends and we'll always be friends. And that's just the way things go sometimes. And then thankfully Jim has come around and has returned home and asks her on that date, which is fantastic. And we move into the next phase of him and her. Um, but one question before we get to that, uh, do you think that Jim broke up with Karen before leaving New York or did he call her on the way back to Scranton <laughs> or did he just leave her and let her figure it out? <laughs> the, I always kind of assumed that they met up in New York, like that, that he broke up with her face to face in New York. Mm -hmm. um, I don't think that they came back to Scranton together. Right. I mean, uh, we, we see them yelling at or her yelling at him at the beginning of season four. Um, right. And then she's gone. But I was just curious. Yeah, we, we might have yeah. discussed that in the course of talking about the episodes, too. I just don't remember exactly what we decided on. Yeah, that's always sort of how I imagined it. Um, there was one additional thing that I, I wanted to say about the start of Karen and Jim. Mm -hmm. We have seen Jim uh, flirt. We've seen him flirt with Pam. We've seen him flirt with Katie. We've seen him. Anyone else besides Karen? Mm, I, don't I don't know. I think so. Starts of. A relationship or a, a, I don't know, romantic interest in someone. We have seen what that looks like for Jim. I didn't see him do that with Karen. I saw Karen do that with him, mm -hmm. but I didn't see flirty, charmed Jim with Karen at the start. Yes, he was heartbroken, but I think it was, it was very different. Karen came on to him, not the other way around. And, or that's in my opinion. And, mm -hmm. uh, I don't know. It, I, I think it just set the whole tone for the relationship because that's so unlike him. Uh, Jim goes out and gets what he wants, but he didn't do that with Karen. And I don't think he wanted Karen enough to do that. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. The only exception I could think to that is in Stanford when they go on the chip hunt. True. Um, but yes. that is also equally Jim trying to make Karen feel better about him being his or being her superior at this point because he was promoted when he went to Stanford to assistant regional manager which is a position that carries over when he returns to uh, Scranton mm -hmm. that, no that just always seemed more like a friend gag to me than mm -hmm. a flirty one I feel like he would have done that for Stanley you know yeah I, I think it's, it's classic Jim friendship and like I said trying to sort of not make amends but smooth the waters um, and it is that friendly gesture from Jim that I think ultimately makes Karen fall for him. Yeah. Now in season four through six, I sort of lumped these three seasons together. Um, but if you have more like finer points to talk about him specifically, um, he starts to care about his job more in seasons four through six because he's dating Pam now and he has an end goal in mind. He wants to marry Pam. He wants to buy his parents' house. He wants to start a family and provide for them. And he's officially Michael's number two at this point. And so he's trying harder in his sales. And then in season six, he becomes co-manager. And that's thanks to him for taking the initiative for approaching David for a promotion. And that's something that we wouldn't have seen Jim do in those first couple seasons when he was just sort of coasting and trying to hang out with Pam every opportunity he could get. Pam, I think, is really the motivator here. Uh, both in that he is motivated by his plans with her and that she motivates him actively. She pushes for him to 
be better and he pushes her to be better. And that's a sign of a good, healthy uh, thing, which we really haven't seen from either of their previous relationships. So, so far, so good, very healthy. Um, Things change a little when Pam goes off to New York. Mm -hmm. And this is the first time that, as far as I know, either one of them has done any sort of long distance thing. It's super challenging. And I, to my memory, the first, um, the first big hardship, hardship in their relationship that it's not a negative thing because it's not impacting them. Like they're not going to break up because of it, but it's Mm -hmm. negative in that it's just a strain that they don't want because they, at this point are ready to talk about getting married, but they don't want to, to to do that because Pam's in New York. So it's 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 negative, but it's not that negative. Yeah. Uh, but we also see through that how supportive Jim is as both a friend and as a boyfriend and how encouraging he is and everything that Roy wasn't. And so <laughs> that's pretty fantastic to see. Yes, it's hard. Yes, they don't like being separated from each other and it has its own challenges. And there's that moment where Jim runs into Roy at the bar and Roy plants that seed of doubt saying, oh, well, you were just a friend. Pam's making friends in New York. Well, that's how you started off. Uh, And he starts to go after her and go for a surprise visit to check up and make sure that her friends are really friends and things between the two of them are good. Uh, But thankfully, he does realize I'm not that guy. We're not that couple. And he turns back home and ultimately just trusts Pam. And so he's supportive and he's trusting throughout that ordeal. Yeah, uh, that's something I don't think would have happened with any couple we've seen uh, up till this point in the show, really. Um, Everyone starts a little bit immature, a little bit untrusting. And this is a big mature move for Jim to say that he he's not going to go visit her, not because he doesn't want to go see her, but because she's allowed to have her own life and her own social life apart from him and that he trusts her to do so, mm-hmm. which is huge and big and um, important because that's healthy. And yeah, that's what I have to say about that. <laughs> In season seven, we see Jim's relationship with Michael really blossom. Um, I think that's really the highlight here is especially once Holly re-enters the picture and we saw this a little bit a little bit back in season five and six as well when she first came on the scene and he was giving Michael relationship advice about taking it slow and about becoming friends first and then then pursuing a relationship and when they served as co-managers together and you know Jim tries things a certain way they work out they don't work out he only uh, then he goes to find out that Michael had tried that same exact thing in this in the past with the same results. So he's starting to learn that being manager and having these leadership positions in the workplace is tough. And Michael's doing the best he can, some of the time at least. <laughs> and so they're good. They're goodbye after they've gone through these ordeals together. They've served as uh, partners in several moments and in several respects. Uh, that that the, the goodbye at the end of season seven between the two of them is so powerful. It's so sad. And it's all thanks to this journey that they've been on together the last couple of seasons. He, he just has a greater appreciation for Michael as a boss, which makes that line, you're the best boss I ever had, so strong. Because you never, again, you never would have heard season one or two, or even like three or four, Jim saying that about Michael. 
And then following that track a bit, I know we're not quite there yet, but following his career, of course, it's so hard to talk about Jim and Pam uh, without talking about Jim and Pam. Right. But following the career line, he, in season one, as we said, was so disinterested in his job, very unmotivated. By even halfway through the series, and then especially at the end of the series, he was so, he had dreams. First, they started at Dunder Mifflin. He wanted to be assistant regional manager, then manager, and he was both of those things. And then he thought bigger. And then he thought about athlete, and he thought about what his loves were, what his career goals were, and he made those happen too. So not only did he start thinking bigger, he started being bigger and going on those limbs and uh, making his career what it wanted and making his career what he wanted it to be rather than just resigning to where he was. And a lot of that was Pam and a lot of that was just his own maturation uh, career-wise because we, we know season one Jim wouldn't have gone out and like done athlete. Uh, so it's really cool to see his own growth as a character play out in his career. Even with the trouble it caused, it, it is a good sign, I think, overall. Yeah, you and I have some of the same thoughts on this. We, we see in seasons eight and nine how hard a worker Jim can be when he cares about the work. And I mentioned earlier that in seasons four through six, he picked up his game and he started trying a lot more at work because he was working for an end goal. And that end goal was his family. And at this point in season eight and nine, he's already had a couple kids. He's married to the love of his life. He, they have a house together. He has all of those personal fulfillments accomplished. But now he wants to be professional fulfillment. That's the next step. And so that's what leads to athlete is, is him trying to find the next thing to satisfy himself. And that, that is his professional work. And yes, there are some difficulties. And we talked about those at length <laughs> in our season nine episodes. And so I'm not really overly keen on like trudging through the mud on that again. Yeah, um, nah. But it, I agree with you. It is ultimately a good thing that Jim is trying to better himself both professionally and personally even if one sort of suffers for the other because they do end up working things out in the end we know that jim and pam were a good match for each other and even in those trying times uh we saw the moments where he did care and he was just lost in the way he was trying to express that care he thought that by improving his professional situation it would also improve his personal situation unfortunately he just went a little bit too hard in the professional arena and that's what led to the issues. But he, he finds himself, he finds Pam in the end of it, and things turn out okay. Yeah, to, to kind of wrap up my thoughts on Jim, I think he's the same guy, basically, at the end that he was at the beginning, which is not true for everyone. But he, he's the same guy with the same motivations, but aimed at the right stuff. So he's mm. still confident, but now he's humble as well. Um, I think he was a little cocky at the beginning, to be honest. Mm-hmm. He is motivated for his relationships now and he's motivated for his career. It's, it's like he's just the better version of himself. Um, I don't know. He's, he's, confident in, he's confident in his abilities. He's devoted to Pam because he can and should be, not because he's longing after something that may never happen. Uh, he's hardworking in a job that keeps him near his wife rather than being bored in a job he's not interested in, hoping that maybe something will happen with this woman 10 feet away he's just like taken his life under his own 
uh, wing. That's not the phrase. Um, he's, 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 he's made his life into what he always wanted it to be, which I love. Yeah, I really like that. I like the idea of him being the same, just his, his strengths being aimed at the right thing at, at work and his personal relationships rather than at pranking Dwight. Right. Although that still happens every once in a while to put Dwight in his place because he needs to be. Yeah. Uh, ultimately, he, he is working hard at uh, doing the right thing for himself and for his family. So uh, talking about Pam and maybe not quite as long just because this has already been 25 minutes of talking, which is crazy. <laughs> uh, time flies when you're having fun. When you're having fun. Yeah. Pam, starting off seasons one and two is how I've grouped these. Uh, she's meek. She's shy and she's engaged to Roy and then re-engaged to Roy in uh, Who's Cruise. And he's not supportive of her in the least. And after all this time, it's like he takes her for granted because they were high school sweethearts. They, they've been together for a long time. Uh, but I doubt that he was ever a great partner to her, ever. Yeah, I, I use a lot of the same words that you described her. I also included a little bit mousy. She's afraid. She doesn't seem to think that she deserves any better than where she is. She doesn't love her job, but she doesn't think to, to reach higher because there's no one pushing her to reach higher and there's no one who thinks she can. Uh, she seems almost like she loves Roy because he's her fiance and not that he's her fiance because she loves him. You know, mm, like deep. it's <laughs> it's it's like he proposed and she was like, yeah. All right. Like, yeah, gotta, this is the only thing I've ever known. Yeah, so sure. And uh, you, you have to love your fiancé, so you do. Um, but it's, I never got the feeling that they were engaged because they were in love. It's like they were engaged and that the love needed to be there too. So she's sort of in this relationship and it feels like it's dragging her along rather than her and Roy leading the relationship. And she's resigned. and. If she finds herself interested in Jim, her loyalty to Roy is never called into question, it seems like, again, until Casino Night. Uh, she knows where she should be, and that's with Roy, in her mind. And she isn't interested in changing that, really, for a long time. Yeah, but in season two... There's the business school episode, which is my most quoted episode throughout our podcast. Um, nobody attends except for Oscar and Gil only to criticize it. And Roy, they're still together at this point, gives her this nonspecific phrase that is not heartfelt. And it's just like, you, you asked me to come. And so I'm here. Here's your praise. Now, can I go do what I want to do? Um, your art is the prettiest art of all the art. It's so empty. Uh, but Michael shows up and shows how much he genuinely cares and tells her he's proud of her. And it, it's at this point where, my, or where Pam's opinion of Michael, I think, first starts to uh, shift. And she finally sees the value in Michael, despite all his many frustrating habits and behaviors and the, the nicknames he gives her and the, the, in many ways, sexual harassment. Um, but then in season three, she's split from Roy. She's seen how much... She could be loved, and Roy doesn't love her that much, as much as Jim showed in Casino Night. And so she begins to come out of her shell in season three. She's standing up for herself. She's speaking honestly and uh, being bold. And in Beach Games, after Jim has returned and he's been distant, and uh, she's 
showing, continuing to show her boldness. She shows it even at its strongest when she tells everybody off for not coming to her art show. And she tells Jim how much it sucks that they're not really friends anymore. And, you know, at the end of the season, she's, she sort of basically moved on from Jim figuring, you know, he's happy with Karen. That's okay. I've made peace with it. And then we do get that moment that we talked about a minute ago where, where Jim does come back and asks her on the date. And it's like all that making peace with Jim being with somebody else is gone because it's a happy moment. I do kind of like just for character development wise that Pam got back together with Roy for like a second because it showed as soon as she did get back with Roy, she fell right back into her old ways, sort of her, I'm not deserving mentality, but then snapped back out of it when Roy exploded at the bar and she broke up with him right there. She's, she's grown. She's stronger now and she can break up with him at the bar when he does one really jerkish thing. And she's cool with that. And it's, it's shown her, her growth and um, how much stronger she is as a person. And I think a lot of her strength came from, as sort of as you said, from Jim moving. Um, it, it's almost like a rejection, even though she rejected him. It's just, I don't know. It's like she thought maybe he would stick around and, and be there for her after all of that. And he wasn't, he, he had to go heal basically. And so she had to heal her, heal herself as well. And it was good for her, I think, ultimately. Uh, thankfully all that doesn't last long. Um, I think, I mean, how long would you say Jim and Karen's relationship was? Like in, in amount of time? Yeah. Um, I can never really put a, put a number on that but my thought is like a year yeah that would be like the maximum i would think i'm doing yeah. a quick google search let's see this is a reddit thread i'm not checking sources right now but it says somewhere between six months to a year yeah yeah that sounds right yeah so they both grow where they need to grow in order to be with each other which thankfully happens pretty quickly um yeah, uh, they date in secret for, well, I'm sort of moving into, <laughs> I'm, I'm kind of moving into dating things, so I can, I can wait on that. But Pam grows again quite a bit when she's with Jim. I think mostly post-marriage, she starts to kind of become her own personality. Uh, as, as we see at the end of the show, she gets a little bit dorkier, which takes some self-confidence that she didn't have at the beginning she she never would have been her dorky self in front of Roy because it's vulnerable and it's who she really is and uh maybe that just wasn't there maybe she wasn't even dorky back then but she she grew into her her humor and her her type of personality with with Jim and that sort of and that sort of developed during their relationship I think yeah, Roy definitely tried to keep Pam a certain way, and she tried to stay that way to make him happy, mm -hmm. uh, because Roy not being happy was scary. Yep. Um, and Jim just allowed her to be herself. And so we, we see that as they start dating in season four, um, after seeing her start to grow into herself separate from Roy in season three. But with Jim at her side, uh, she gets so much support and encouragement 
that's when she goes to art school in uh, seasons four and five where it's tough, but they make it work. And it, it's nice that she went and tried, but then she fails a class and decides that she'd rather be with Jim than to do another semester of school. And I wanted to ask, do you think she regrets this later in the show? I'm thinking in the moments after the Michael Scott paper company, when she's a salesman and it's not going well, but before she asserts herself into the office manager position, or even when she's just being a mom, uh, because as a mom, she can't leave her kids behind. So she can't go back to, to go to New York to do art school. Uh, or at least that's the theory. Jim ends up doing the same thing for athlete where he does leave kind of his family behind in order to pursue that. But we already talked about that. Uh, so do you think she regrets not doing the extra semester of art school to maybe try and finish that degree? You know, honestly, I don't think she regrets it for a couple of reasons. One, she didn't seem to be enjoying art school that much. She wasn't doing that well in it to begin with. Um, and it just seemed to be stressing her out. Not that she's not a good artist and not that she doesn't enjoy art, but I think the act of art school wasn't something that she enjoyed. And mm -hmm. you make choices, you know, um, for the people you love. You give up stuff sometimes, and that's just part of the, part of the deal. And uh, I don't think she would have regretted getting engaged when she did, getting married when she did. A lot of that would have been put off. Well, I guess not the engagement, but a lot of that would have been postponed and wouldn't have turned out the way it did had she stayed for that last semester. It's minor. It's just a few months, but I, I don't know. I don't take her as the kind to have that regret. What do you think? I think I agree with you um, because I think what Pam liked about art was it was freeing and it allowed creative expression. And then she goes to art school. And they're teaching her how to do art in specific ways and how mm -hmm. to use specific programs that she doesn't know how to, how to use. And it's just a steep learning curve. And it's so much different than just drawing or making art. And we see in the end of the show that she does end up fulfilling her art dream. She gets the commission for the Irish American Cultural Center in Scranton. She, she gets the, the commission for the mural at Dunder Mifflin. I'd assume they're moving to Austin. Plenty of art opportunities there. Um, so she ends up doing what she wanted to do to begin with while still keeping her family. Um, so maybe there was a, a, a short period of time where she might have regretted it. Um, there's, there's one speech, uh, I think it's during season eight, when it might be the, what's it called? The list? Yes, the list, when everybody thinks they're on like the winner or loser side of Robert's list. And Ham laments just being a fat mom. Um, but other than that, like brief moment, I think she's pretty happy with her career choices and where she ends up. Yeah, I would agree with that. And um, without going into too much detail about the whole athlete thing, her uh, her development in that whole gym debacle, I think, was warranted. They we've discussed in the past how each of them had some faults at that time. It proves some humanity for the both of them. They're not, you know, it's, it's not just a comedy show. It's, it's addressing some real big people things. And it, it addressed a character trait of hers that we see in the, latter, in the latter two seasons, I guess, 
about some trust issues. We saw some trust issues with Kathy uh, when she can tell Jim is lying about being attracted to Kathy and then about the whole athlete thing. She starts doubting. And it's both of those things are real. I mean, it turns out Kathy was really skeevy and trying to get with Jim. Now, Jim did lie to Pam about being attracted to her, and he had his reasons, and I don't know whether those reasons are valid or not, um, but he had his reasons. And then the whole athlete thing, which, again, we've discussed, but I think it's worth noting that Pam does start this whole just uncertain couple of years, it it almost seems like. Yeah, what season eight and nine do for her in regards to athlete it, it does test her relationship with Jim and the, the, the things that I think that I want to stress mostly about her throughout that part of the show is her resiliency and her patience with Jim. And also the fact that she realizes that she can stand up to Jim too. Like mm-hmm. Jim's never, Jim's not Roy. She's not scared of him, but just because they had this ideal relationship for so many years and they're just now going through a tough time. It is okay for her to express her thoughts and her feelings to Jim too. Like it, it's it doesn't have to be perfect. Um, and so, uh, early in the show, she was just trying to stand up for herself in general and be a bolder version of herself. But that has to translate to who you are in a relationship. And thankfully, it does by the end of the show. Um, now, backtracking just for one last thing, at least I have for Pam is the Michael Scott Paper Company arc. Because I think that's a really important part of her, too. Mm-hmm. Um, she has built up enough trust with Michael that when he leaves, she leaves with him. She's tired of her secretary job, and she has faith in him. Well, maybe not a whole lot of faith, <laughs> but I, I bet she sides with him on the whole Charles Minor situation and has enough faith in him to go on that roller coaster. And it's a nice change of pace. It strengthens their relationship even further, which is already in a pretty good place. And... uh she she gets a career change out of it. She she becomes salesman. She gets to try something new and prove herself in that respect. Um, and I guess one final, final thing, I, I had one more on my list, was she got to tackle motherhood. We saw in the delivery how nervous she was about becoming a, becoming a mother because of her self-doubt that crept back up a little bit, but she does overcome it there too. Yeah, she, by the end, knows her worth in every aspect of her life. She knows her worth as a mom. She knows her worth as a spouse. She knows her worth as a person, as a worker. She has, again, kind of made her life into what it is. And at the end of the Jim and Pam arc, um, made a decision for Jim about moving to Austin, yeah, which is huge true. and not something that seasons one through eight Pam would have done. Even, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, even in season eight. She made a big, huge decision about her husband. Now imagine if she had been married to Roy and made that decision. That could have ended violently. (laughs) Uh, But she feels comfortable enough in herself and in her relationship and in her life and her job and everything to make that huge decision and pull a gym, as, as I think they say, and just be that bold, which is, is so rare for her, but not anymore. Now, I think in talking about these characters separately, we've already talked a lot about the the main highlights of their relationship. Um, I, 
as so as far as talking about the two of them together, uh, the main things I want to highlight are that their moments together are some of the real highlights of the show. Um, I mean, for the first five seasons, six seasons up until the marriage, they were the reason that people tuned in a lot of weeks. Yeah, Michael was funny. And yeah, you wanted to see what he was going to get up to next, but you also wanted to see what was going to happen with Jim and Pam. And so uh, moments like in Casino Night or Booze Cruise up on the top of the boat where they have that, that silent moment where Jim is struggling to tell his fe- uh, share his feelings about her and ultimately can't. Or uh, when they do get together, uh, the moments on the rooftop dates, the... Uh, the wedding itself, the the moment where they find out that Pam is pregnant and company picnic. Like there's so many highlights of this show that are so focused on these two characters. Yeah. Um, I wrote down about their wedding that it was a disaster and perfect. You know, it was mm-hmm. something that, again, had this been Jim, sorry, had this been Roy and Pam's wedding, had that happened? Had she torn her veil? You know, it it wouldn't have been the perfect day that it had to be for them. And that would have ruined it. Because Roy didn't have that effect on her to make it better for Pam. Um, Jim sees that Pam's upset about something and makes it perfect for her. You know, he cuts his tie. He says, let's blow the whole thing off. Let's just go get married on a boat. Because it's their day. And it's not allowed to be a disaster because you don't let it be a disaster. You just make it perfect for you. And that's what they did. And it's just, it's disastrously perfect. So I I love that that happened for them. I love that they got to tackle parenthood. I kind of love that they got pregnant before the wedding because it shows, again, like, oops, life happened. And let's tackle this together. Something that they didn't plan. Um, yeah, I love how they wrote their story. There's a lot of ups and downs, uh, plot wise that help them adapt to who they need to be both as characters and as a couple. Agreed on all fronts. I think that the biggest takeaway from their relationship is that they each make each other better even before they get together officially. And especially after they get together officially, they are encouraging of each other. Um, they have things that are surprises that they endure. And ultimately, it's about finding comfort in having each other and in leaning on each other when the times are hard and communicating with each other in season nine, Jim. Talk to her. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that's all I have to say about that. I have to say that Pam is Cool. <laughs> <laughs> oh, why didn't we have your fun toy during the podcast? Oh, <laughs> uh, I don't know. I'll, I'll hit a few more buttons during these these other bonus episodes, everybody. I, I've got a new toy, and I've got our theme song and several sound clips pulled up. So listen for those as we continue to record. But I think that's the end of this one. We've now been talking for forty five minutes. Excellent. Yeah. Um, classic us talking for longer than we planned we've never done that oh never 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 we we originally at the beginning like when we started the show i think we were like oh we'll make these episodes like 45 minutes to an hour and we hit an hour 15 <laughs> multiple times we multiple hit an hour and times. a half oh, yeah whatever. we're like oh half an hour to an hour oh <laughs> no 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 
Well, thanks everybody for tuning in. We were glad to sit down and record again. We've still got two more bonus episodes. I would say quick bonus episodes, but it doesn't seem like they're going to be, which is fine um, because it's been a while. And so uh, with that, we're going to go ahead and sign off on this bonus episode 39. Uh, do you want to go over contact information real quick, Katie? Oh, gosh. Um, yes. <laughs> I don't have it written down, so we'll have to wing it. You can find me on Twitter. We do that one first, at ktlady623, also at facebook.com slash katie.white, though not so much these days, but it's habit, so sure. Yeah, Twitter for me, at chadadada, that is C-H-A-D-A-D-A-D-A, facebook.com slash chad.hopkins if you want to see all the things that I don't post. <laughs> And uh, <laughs> then for the podcast, there's at Workplace Pod on Twitter and workplacepod at gmail.com for our email address. Um, and that's that, I think. I think I don't that's think, that. There, there's no voicemail to, to speak of anymore. Uh, yeah. Cool. Thanks, everybody. <laughs> We're very professional. Bye. Yes. Bye. <laughs> and I'll go ahead and hit that one more time. Bye.